Welcome to the Intentional Randomness Podcast with your host, Omo Babala Adetiji, aka Bobby. On this show, we're intentional about everything. Hello, everyone. This is Bobby on Intentional Randomness. Um, welcome to today's program. Yes, <laughs> last time we went deeper into the Nigerian mortgage system and all of that. But since I live in Sweden and <laughs> uh, I, we have a lot of listeners in Sweden as well, today we're going to just dive into the Swedish property market. And sometimes they are very pe- peculiar to, to the Swedish um, market. And on the program today, yes, I have with me Dotu and Suki again. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. You're welcome to the program. Yeah, so today I think I'll try not to speak to English, but I think it's almost inevitable because um, there are terms that are so, they're so Swedish, you can't even find the <laughs> the English word for them, but yeah, let's let's dive right into it. I'll just give a recap. So the last time we we're talking about renting versus buying, and how that can be different for different people. But on the long run, over a long term, buying is most times um, more preferable than renting. I think that was something we talked about the last time. We went a little bit talking. Um, about the whole process of bidding, of looking for a place, you know, you can start small and go to something bigger. But today I just wanted us to delve into explaining some terms. So um, I would probably start with, um, in Sweden, there is those very, com- like the two main ways you can own your own properties. Either you buy what we call in Swedish a bustard threat, or you buy um, a house that you fully own and people say, oh, this is egg and direct. Could you um, help me explain the tempo stats? Because I think it's so peculiar to, to Sweden that I don't even know if there's an English word for bustards, right? <laughs> so, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, um, hi, everyone who's listening here. <laughs> Um, so a bostad direct, while while the name sounds very Swedish, uh, it is actually found in other parts of the world as well. It's known as condominiums, uh, and it basically means you, together with other people who live in a house, uh, jointly own the right to live in an apartment, in a house, or in a building. Um, so the association of people who live in the building jointly own the property uh, but you as an individual own a right uh, to live in the property so in english condominium in swedish bostadsrätt good thank you (laughs) so it's you don't own the title to the building you don't own the property but you own a right to live in the property and the, the the building is owned by the is like by the landlord association or whatever you want to call that yeah the, uh, exactly people, people. Uh, and i i think i can also add there's a third form uh, of housing which was introduced i can't remember exactly when now maybe about 10 years ago in sweden 
It's called uh. Egalegenhet, uh, which is just like uh, Egenderet, but for apartments. So in that case, you actually own your apartment uh, within a building. You own the apartment uh, and you can decide on what to do and what not to do inside the apartment uh, versus a bus that's direct where you, well, you can decide on what you can do inside the apartment itself, but you still get need to get permission uh, from the association for a couple of things, um, mostly structural uh, in nature. Okay, so in in to put it clearly, in an egg and direct, you own the house, you own the property, you do as you like on the inside, on the outside. In a bostad's rent, yes. which usually, most times, they're apartments, there are bostad's rent houses more, they're becoming more common now in Sweden. Like you build houses for people, like villas or road use, and they are in the bostad's rent form. But usually, they used to be apartments, and then you, you can do whatever you want inside most times, but you don't. You don't. You can't change the color of your apartment. You on on the outside. You can't. If the roof, you don't like the color of the roof. You can't say, okay, I want the roof to be this color. You know, you yeah. you can't do much on the outside. Mm. Yeah. Um. So what, what? Apart from like, okay, you own a right. You don't own a right. What other differences? Okay, now we've talked about um what you can do on the inside or what you can do on the inside. What other differences are there? between egg and direct and booster's rate. So, yeah, I, I, I am, another major difference between booster's rate and egg and direct is that with um, booster's rate, you pay a fee every month called bill of gifts, where it's like a common... Um, like a pay, service Yes, charge. like service charge or, yeah, you pay for lighting, you pay for um, heating of the house, you pay for... Um, security, general security of the house. You pay for um, the bin. Uh, what's it called now? The waste. The, the, yeah. the, the waste. So, yes. Yeah. So you pay into the common purse of the association, association, and then the association then pays on behalf of everybody living there. Whereas with an area direct, you don't do that. You you pay individually. You pay for your own waste. You pay for your own water. You pay for your own. Um, for everything that you use but in in mm. uh, and the rest you can pay together so in, in some cases maybe some people use a lot of water and some people use very little water <laughs> you all pay the same thing so yeah, yeah that's that's another major difference between a booster's rate and um, a, a and the rest and then you did say something that um n- now there's new forms of um booster's rate there's raw houses you said raw tooth but the people that yeah. are not um, Swedish, living in Sweden, row houses, twin houses, um, um, and um, um, chain, chain, <laughs> chain houses or rows of houses. Now we are doing tri- direct translation to translations. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess they call them townhouses in yes. in some places. Yes. Yeah, they they were used like townhouses. Exactly, but you still you 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 don't own the land, you don't own the property itself. You just own the right to live in the property. So the the same rules that apply to the house applies to the land attached to mm. the house so you can't just wake up one day and raise up one fence around the house just because you you like to have a fence there you need to ask the association to and um, before you can do that 
Yeah. Yeah, you need to get permission. Uh, uh, yeah. And if I may, um, there's also there's one huge difference between uh, the egg and the red and the both as reds, which might be mm-hmm. interesting uh, for your listeners, and it is the fact that. Uh, typically, both sides, rats, um, apartments or houses are a lot, well, especially the houses, they're a lot cheaper, not a lot, they're slightly cheaper than their equivalent egg and the rat, uh, mm. um, equivalents. And that's because when you build a new, when you just finish building uh, houses, and you decide to use the uh, financing form or ownership form of Bosadzret uh, typically to attract uh, people to buy into those houses you would uh, have a loan uh, for the property or for the building or for, for the land itself you might have a loan uh, with the bank and the members of the association uh, pay off that, that loan or those loans also through mm. the contributions to the of gift uh, yeah or to the monthly payment so that in many cases when it's a newly built uh if it's a newly built um boost and direct uh, then a significant part of the costs uh, or significant portion of the of gift actually goes to that loan repayment Whereas yeah. in an egg and you as the uh, individual, you do bear the full costs of the entire property. Um, yeah, so that loan is on you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And another reason that the, the cost is so different, as in this huge differences in, in what you pay for egg and red and uh, booster threat is that with egg and red you even pay something called log fat and um, oh. what's the name of the other one yes you pay that when you own the property when oh. you are you are paying for the rights to live in the property you don't need to pay that so you in that sense to owning a booster threat is way cheaper than owning, uh, having a yanderet in that sense. Uh, or at least in the in the first purchase. Yes. Like in the beginning when you buy. Yes. Maybe in an egg and the red, you might be able to cut down your costs for electricity, yes. water on your own, which you can't really do in a booster so because then it's a fixed fee that you're paying anyways. Exactly. Another difference though is also the fact that in a booster thread, if something goes uh, if something gets um, damaged or yes. spoiled on the outside of the building, you don't carry the cost. Let's oh. say the roof is leaking, mm-hmm. that sits on the whole association. Everybody in the association pays for the repairs. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you own a property, you do you you do the maintenance by yourself. Yeah. So yes. anything that that is damaged, you pay for in a in a post that so you won't pay for. I would put this in for people that rent mm-hmm. and then move on to a post So there's always that. Um, I think people don't get that there's a difference because in, in the rental, if your fridge gets spoiled, mm-hmm. you call somebody to and call, they come yeah, fix the yeah, fridge yeah. for you. But in a bus, that's right, there's nobody to call. You, you got to go buy a new, a new fridge. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So yeah. you need extra insurances and things like that just so that you can, uh, if you get uh, unforeseen um, expenses, you can you can cover them easily. Yeah. yeah. Great. I think we've talked about the OVIFT, mm. but just for the sake of our listeners and to, to break it down clearly, 
what are the different partners of you? So I've heard, oh, if your association has a loan, there's a part that is for the of gift. Yeah. Um, if because um, sometimes people are very they see the price of a house. You know, in 3D, you can see this apartment costs two million crowns, mm. and then there's an of gift. It is six six crowns, no, six thousand crowns per month. Yeah. And then there's another apartment. It costs four million crowns mm. but then the obvious is maybe 1500 and people are like okay so what does this even mean can you help help our listeners to understand that why there are sometimes differences in the different obvious what can be a contributing factor and what people should look out for if they want to buy yeah um so that is a really complicated question uh, but I'll, try, I'll try to give a good answer so i, I already mentioned uh, earlier on that a significant part of the of gift in many cases is for uh, the loan that uh, repayment loan uh, that exists on the property uh, if, if you come in to contact with some properties or some associations uh, they might have really good finances and not really have any loans. So uh, in their case, uh, it might just be that, okay, the house is still new, no loans, uh, the of gifts can be as low as possible. But then you come across some uh, apartments for sale and the um, of gift is a little higher. Sometimes it may not be about repaying a loan. It might be the fact that they have increased contri- uh, contributions for a repair fund. Uh, because as with all houses, you need to have a buffer to repair houses uh, mm. different parts of the house. So if you, for instance, find an apartment where uh, the upgift is really, really low, then obviously you should be suspicious uh when last uh, when was this apartment uh, was this building built it was built such a long time ago when uh, plumbing um, designs and pl- plumbing uh, specifications were a-, a lot older then you should expect that uh, in a short time uh, they might have to replace those and mm. that will mean that the uh, of gift for the house uh, for the apartments will go up will increase uh, mm. if you do find an apartment that is for sale the house uh, the, apart- uh, the house itself is really new and the loans are low uh, then that is a good deal um, so you can't just go strictly by how high or low the of gift is you have to ask those questions how old is that mm. uh, what does the loan profile look like for the association and have they had really good economy uh, over the past mm. like 10 years if the answers are positive then it is a good deal but if any of those answers are negative then you should uh, be careful um, and it's yeah. important mm. to note as well that when you approach a bank to talk to a bank, the bank goes through the um, the association's financing. Booked. Yes. They go through the books. that it is a worthwhile deal for the bank itself. So, and one of the red flags that would, you know, immediately a bank can see is the of gifts. So even if you as a buyer cannot do your due diligence, if you have a good bank, they will do the due diligence and point it out to you that, well, maybe you should consider this property and consider something else. 
So it's not like mm. you should put all your trust in the bank. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that before you that's also something that the bank looks into. Exactly. Before you even approach the bank, you should have done your due diligence and be sure that um, you know why your gift is a certain amount or why they there probably will be changes in the future or maybe there was critical mm. changes. Yeah, and I would say that, yeah, this issue of um, knowing what to buy and everything is very complicated. So if people need the gist on that, they will probably have to pay for some consultation fees because we can't we can't really delve into into everything on a podcast. It's it's very complicated stuff. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, so we were talking just now about the bank and everything. So this is like a crash course. You want to you want to buy a property? You go to the bank, or you? How does the process look like in Sweden? Where do I start from? Okay, um, I've decided I want to buy a, 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 a property. Okay, so the, what do I do? Yeah, the, the very first step is to uh, ask some basic questions. Do I have fixed income? Um, have I been working long enough? Uh, for the bank to feel like I'm credit worthy. Uh, if those answers are positive, then you have uh, you're on a good. So you already have a good start. But if those uh, questions are negative, then um, you per- perhaps need to make sure that you have a stable income and you have worked for a little while. So that's the first. Yeah. The next step is you can check online with any of the banks. Uh, they do have easy calculations on their websites where you can um, uh, input your uh, current um, salaries or earnings uh, the mm. children or people living in the household uh, how much deposit you will have and then mm. uh, that will help so by inputting those details you will be able to get uh, an estimate on mm. what type of uh, house or apartment you will your finances will be uh, sufficient for so the the very step the first step is not to think of the type of house you can buy or how expensive it is uh, rather it is about finding out what your finances can cover so if you if you do that calculation and you see that okay yeah um, based on the down payments that i've saved up or that we've saved up uh, this is what the bank can offer. Then you start to look at houses or apartments in that range. Um, I, I think that's a, a big mistake that uh, people make. They look at the type of apartment they want first, and then they start to calculate. And um, most times the down payment doesn't add up. So it's good to start from what down payment do I have and how does my uh, economy look like so that you can know your limits. Yeah, and I, I would probably say that when it comes to down payment in Sweden, there is a, it's almost like there is a law. <laughs> um, so whatever you're doing, you must have 15% of whatever it is that you want to buy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you can't say, oh, I have 50,000 down payment, what can I get? Then the bank will just tell you you can't get more than um i don't know what what's that so you you really can't just um you you need to know that you need to have 15 percent. that's that's standard yeah. in sweden of whatever you're looking for and um uh, and then you said i i love um now this is not an advert for any of the banks but i love sbab's um 
Takil, or yeah, that that tool online. I love Nadia's um, Takil because Nadia will show you if you are green or red. You'll just be seeing your arrow moving. <laughs> you'll be moving. You'll be moving from from yellow to red or to green. So I I love I love those two two Takils and yeah. So. Um, yeah, anyways, that, that, that's something. I like the fact that you said that most people sometimes start from, oh, I love that house there. I should be able to buy it. But that's not how it works in, in, in Sweden. And I think generally, yeah. but in Sweden, at least we have made it very easy. Most things are easy in Sweden. You don't need to walk into the bank to know what the bank will borrow you. No. You can just sit online and enter your, your data and it just comes out and you know, okay, mm, yeah, I can't afford that nice house. Mm. Uh, I can afford this, so it, it helps to put your ex- expectations in the right um, in the right um, state or in the right frame. Yeah. So after you find out from the from on, from the bank, maybe online, or you call them that okay, I can actually get this amount of money from you. There is this thing in Sweden we say oh loan and It's like a what's that in English? Oh, like no the bank, like a loan promise. The bank is promising you we can give you this much. Mm. Then you have that in your hand. What next? <laughs> Mami Suki, what next? Yeah. I have a loan and I have a loan promise. What do I do? Then you start looking online. Um, like we said, everything in Sweden is online. So you start looking online. We've got um, websites like mnextbond.se and then we have bully.se, even blocket.se. We have, so you can start going through and there's a lot of, they, they have filters. So if, your loan promise states that you can buy a house worth two million. Then you can filter mm. of 1.5 to 1.9, um, and then check what is available. I I said 1.9 because in in some cases you might have to bid. In some cases that's the accept price. Mm. So yeah, the next step is just to look for what, look on those websites and see and try to see what your what yeah, can, what you can get and then once you can once you see some properties that you're interested in you start going for these names you start going for showings mm-hmm. so um you you go in because conversations with the uh now we're speaking swedish with the mayor clara with the what's the real estate agent. agent help you to <laughs> helps you to then know that okay maybe this seller is trying to sell in one month maybe you might have an advantage if you're flexible enough to move in in one month so yeah the next step is go on those websites identify the houses that you you have money for go start going on showings and try and not max out your um price yeah don't don't max it out already with the filters because except if those houses are new production houses where you don't have to bid you have to have it at the back of your mind that you're okay. going to go through a bidding process. It's okay. Yeah, I see that you have a PhD in this thing. You're going fast. People are like, what? Bid? What? What? So, don't, don't please help us. You have your load and love. Don't max it out. Why shouldn't I max it? I have two million from the bank and I see a house, an apartment online for two million. Why can't I just like that one and go get it yeah so <laughs> the, the simple reason is because uh demand uh is greater than supply uh at least in yeah. most parts of sweden so um well the the numbers vary but 
in general you can expect that for a typical apartment for, uh, for sale there'll be at least five uh, interested parties who might want to bid on them um, uh, like uh, Suki already said if it is a newly built uh, apartment still being sold by uh, the property developers then the chances are high that you wouldn't have to bid on it so the price you see what you get. Uh, mm. if it is an existing property which is always which is the case in most cases uh, then you have to prepare to bid now Sweden uh, has a very aggressive bidding uh, culture uh, where properties can really go uh, above and beyond the uh, asking price, price. Uh, might, it's, it's not so strange to have um, price increases of about 10 to in extreme cases 20% uh, when bidding starts especially when you are bidding on um, single bedroom or two uh, double bedroom uh, apartments so uh, that's basically the reason why uh, you always want to reduce your margin because there is going to be a strong, uh, strong contender <laughs> strong contender on the other side and emotions run high and um, before you know it uh, you've maxed out your um, your loan promise so you really want to make sure that you have your sights set on the proper apartment that you can afford mm. yeah. so advisably if you're buying an existing apartment somebody's selling to you you should consider only going for apartments that are somehow lower yeah. than the loan promise that you have yeah. good um we talked about oh if you're buying a new production what's that <laughs> and um yeah please okay so what's that <laughs> a, new, a new protocol uh, to be exact is a newly built uh, apartment or house uh, mm. and it is being sold directly by the uh, property developers um, in many cases uh, the, uh, the process of building a house takes uh, at least three four years so property developers really want to uh, make their uh, money quickly and move on to the next project so they don't really have time for uh, bidding uh, and of course you know when you build uh, an apartment complex uh, there are lots of apartments for sale then it doesn't make any sense to put them up for bidding because the choices are just uh, animals there so that basically is a new protocol, um, newly built property being sold by the property developer as compared to a regular apartment or house that has been pre-owned by a private individual who wants to sell it and move on. Yeah, so if you're the kind of person that likes um, what they call in Nigeria, Tieroba, you're the first one to open everything, <laughs> you should go for it. <laughs> you should go for a new production, a new production. Yeah. And sometimes you have to buy them, you have to have faith to buy them because you buy them on paper, right? Yeah. You have to be able to see and have a, you have to have vision. Because <laughs> yeah, you get a drawing <laughs> most times. Now these days you get some, um, what do you call them? Like, um, Online, you can see a picture, a, um, a 3D, 
image but before it used to be basically drawing so if you don't like drawings like me you're just sitting down there and you're thinking what are these what which room is this how big is this room you know um but for a new production uh you might have to just you have to use your inner eyes to see yeah, yeah what you're buying but what are the advantages of buying split then ni new house <laughs> Well, <laughs> what are the pros and cons? Who should who sh- who would you advise to consider maybe oh this might be good for you a new house yeah. um on paper if if yeah, uh, so, yeah. if you are a new buyer if you're a first time buyer I think it's mm-hmm. best to consider a new um a new product house and the reason mm. is that because they are not ready straight away you can plan ahead so if you come to, oh. if you come into the process where the house will be one year as an it will be ready in one year then you have the time to save and increase mm. equity in the house even though you have a mm. loan promise maybe you have a loan promise of 2 million and you are looking to buy in a house of 1.9 you can mm. in the process of that one year you can save to for for the new production house and in that process, you get the feeling, especially for people that are coming out from outside of, of um, Sweden, where you, you're used to seeing them building your house and all of that. You get a feeling of going to your site, air quotes, yeah. going there to see the process of them building it. You're part of choosing some things in the house, so you get to choose the, um, the, the appliances in the house. You get to choose the kitchen, how the kitchen would look. Uh, the colors, not not how it would look in terms of. Um, yeah. You get to make some changes. Yeah. You can add your own personal exactly. touch to it. So you you get to have that feeling of looking forward to something. So if you're a new buyer, yes, new production is for you. Um, mm. you are a if you are new in Sweden as well, not just a new buyer because obviously you could have been living in Sweden for 10, 15 years and you haven't bought something. But if you are coming to Sweden, maybe you've lived in Sweden for two years and you're considering buying something because you don't want to put stress on bidding, you don't understand the process, it's better to do a new production because the, the building um, company, they have all this McLaren, um, mm. yes, that would exactly so in that case you don't have to speak so much swedish even if you don't if you don't speak swedish you can approach them speak english with them they will take time to explain the process to you you might not have that luxury Mm. with an already existing house so yeah yeah that goes fast but that that is only if you have if you can wait yeah because with new you can't an apartment tomorrow exactly. <laughs> if you need an apartment tomorrow then new production is not for you but if you're a first-time buyer and if you are new in sweden and you're wondering how the process is yes new production mm. might be a good option yeah um you're talking about going to site i just wanted to put in that well even in sweden now we've talked about somebody building for you you know you can just even here there are opportunities for you to go ahead buy your site and 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 be building it yourself but that is like a lot of work most times you just buy from a from a property developer yeah. um 
want us to talk about there was someone that asked me after the last episode like oh you didn't get into the taxis or into the okay if i sell you know we're talking about you know you can sell and and sell up mm-hmm. you sell your one bedroom apartment and maybe then you can afford a two bedroom and maybe then later you can afford a house how does the you know in sweden we live in a tax tax what do you call it um <laughs> I don't even ask, but you know, the government wants their money on whatever money you're making. Could you just give a, a short um, explanation for people who are maybe they're living in a one bedroom today and they're thinking, oh, maybe I could sell, but they don't know how much of it they're going to be, how much of the profit they'll be able to retain or and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, as with most things, if you uh, make a profit on the business, uh, you will. Um, you are required to pay um, a, a profit tax. Um, in Sweden, the profit tax for uh, private persons is uh, is on 22% or rather is at 22% if you live in the property. Uh, if you don't live on the property, then it is 30%. So that's, that's a really important number to know. So um, let's say you bought an apartment for 2 million and you sold it for 2.5 million. Uh, That means that when you are selling, uh, after you've sold and made a profit of 500,000, you have to pay a tax on approximately uh, 22% of 500,000. Now there are some deductions that you can do. uh, Obviously, uh, you can deduct the costs for um, uh, for hiring any repairs. Yeah, for any repairs mm. that you've made or hiring the services of a real estate agent to help you sell. Uh, so d- you can deduct some of those costs, but in general, you will have to pay uh, 22% of any profits that you've made. Uh, it applies to Bustard's Red Stig and the Red. Uh, and I guess some of the deductibles, uh, they're more deductibles if it's an again direct because uh, if you've paid for things like lug fat, which is like a, a stamp duty, or if you've paid um, for uh, different types of uh, payments to uh, the municipalities and so on, you can always get those deducted. But the, the basic is that if you make profit, you'll have to pay 22% of uh, that profit to the bank. Uh, now, th- there is a caveat though, um, like we spoke during the previous episode, sometimes you mm. need that profit to be able to um, purchase Buy something uh, slightly more expensive or slightly more spacious. Uh, the government provides the opportunity to uh, wait uh, well, to postpone the payment of that uh, profit tax, uh, especially if you are buying another apartment or another house and you are going to live in the house. So this doesn't apply to those who might be listening who want to invest in properties. Uh, and yeah. I, I guess I should mention it. If you want to invest in properties as a form of business, then you have to bear it in mind that your profits are going to be 30% and not, tw- uh, rather the taxes are 30% and not 22%. 2%. Uh, mm. um, so if if you, let's say you buy that apartment for 2 million, you sell it for 2.5, 
uh, and you have that 500 extra and you want to get something better you don't uh, the government uh, um, gives you the possibility to wait and not pay that profit yet uh, and so that you can buy something else but of course the yeah. day you want to move anyways won't you be paying like some kind of um interest yeah. on that so, on the government's um, tax so there is normally an interest on that amount but as of 1st of january mm-hmm. 2021 the government has removed that tax or maybe paused it uh uh, mm. Well, I, I think the real answer is they've removed it. Uh, that's to also help uh, with the effects of COVID and to also stimulate uh, the housing yeah. market. So right now, if you're selling, you don't have to pay that interest. It was really a low interest. I think it was 0.35 or some, uh, something thereabout. Uh, they had to pay mm. on uh, the interests or the tax you were supposed to pay. The profit. Yeah. Mm. So yes, you have the opportunity to keep hold to that uh, tax and reuse it in your new property that you're buying. Yeah, great. I realized that I didn't ask you a very um, a, a very important question about loans. Um, the aspect of repayment of your um, of your mortgage, what we call in Sweden amortering and renter. And I would just want to touch that because I think it's very important. Um, when you get a mortgage, you have to pay back. Um, you have to, um, I think in English it's amortization. In, in, uh, amortering. Can you just briefly, in a short um, period, just explain to our listeners? what that is why it's important and what that can mean for how much you can you can get from the bank as well because i think there are new laws um that are that mandate you to actually do an amortization so uh it's hard to explain it in a short sentence but, I know. but uh, i'll try my best so as of 2016 uh the laws uh that existed were that if you had um, a loan of up to if, if you have to borrow up uh, less than 50% uh, of the value of the house then you don't have any uh, federal government mandated requirements to uh, amortize your loan amortize is to repay the principal on the, the loan, loan. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and then if you borrowed between 50% and 70% uh, of the value of a uh, house or apartment, then you had to amortize at least one percent uh, per year of, of, the, mm. uh, of the amount of the loan that you have. And then, if you had a loan of more than seventy percent, then you had to do two uh, percent. That was the law as mm. of twenty sixteen, uh, but. Some changes were introduced uh, in 2018 uh, that also mean uh, that uh, in combination with the 2016 rules, uh, banks uh, didn't allow you in general to borrow more than 4.5%, uh, 4.5 times, times your annual family income. Mm. Uh, so that. Income, before, income tax. before tax, yes, and it's uh, household yes. income. Uh, 
so that kind of made uh, that kind of made things a, a little stricter, uh, and to make things uh, a lot more complicated. Uh, in uh, when that law was passed in 2018, uh, a an additional requirement on amortization was passed, which meant that if you had a loan above 85 percent of uh, of the value of the house they have to pay one more percent in addition to the existing two percent so if you mm. have so the, the summary is this if the loan on your house is more than 85 percent of the value of the house then you have to amortize three percent every year once you go mm. below uh, 85% then you start to amortize 2% and once you go below 50% then uh, uh, you don't really have to amortize uh, at all. Yeah. Interesting that people would have a loan that is more than 85% of their house. It means that after buying it they borrowed up to their neck yeah. using the house as a yeah. as a collateral because normally you shouldn't be able to borrow more than 85% of your of your more than five of the value of your of your house, but it means that generally most people would pay between one percent to three percent, and they would have to amortize or repay between one to three percent of the total loan in a year, yeah. depending on how much deposit yeah, you have. Exactly. Great, but like I said, anybody that needs the real figures and everything, they just need to come for consultation because these are you as you can hear, you need your calculator. You need your math brain working when you want to buy an apartment. <laughs> oh my my! Thank you so much for for coming and breaking it down. I think that for a lot of people that have interest in this, this is like a this 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 has been a good um, a good explanation of how what works and how it works in Sweden. But like I said the last time that you have to come back. Now we've been talking about household incomes and things. We have to come back and talk about um, household incomes and some of the things that coming from Nigeria, for example, living in Sweden, we've seen that they help if you're going to move your family or move forward. So we're we're coming back and we're going to talk about that. (laughs) But thank you for coming on this particular episode. Thank you for having (laughs) us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so just wanted to say that some of the experiences shared on this um, podcast and even the previous one, um, they're based on our experiences, what we saw and what is obtainable in in Stockholm. On and, and so every market is different. Every every property market is not the same. So you need to watch the market and go in with long term plans and. You may not always make huge profits after a year or two years. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there that um, you need to study the market before you make any investment decisions. I am sure you have enjoyed listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram on our handle Intentional Randomness and feel free to contact us on intentionalrandomnessfeedback at gmail.com. Until next time, be intentional.